Happy New Year. Can you believe it's January 2024? I can't. And alas, here we are. I've got so many special interviews for you this month. We're really talking about how we can deepen into presence. So we're going to talk about tools that allow us to do that, somatic tools, physical tools that help us beautify the space, which encourages us to want to be present in the space, and so much more. So if you're in a time in your life when you are ready to feel more present with yourself, with your loved ones, with your surroundings, you're going to want to tune in. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you as well. And I want to encourage you to join the Facebook group so you can join the conversation. And I will include a link to that in the notes of each episode. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's January. Hope it is not too chilly where you all are. Today, I am talking to Meredy Hill. Meredy, I'm so grateful to have you here to have this conversation about resiliency and change and culture. It's just like, I'm just so ripe for this conversation in my own life. And I know that our listeners are a reflection of me. So I'm really excited. Before we dive into the conversation, will you just let our listeners know a little bit about who you are on a professional level and a personal level? And then I'll ask you our first question. Sure. I am um, in my work life. I'm a transformation coach working out of the San Francisco Bay Area. So I work with leaders and organizations who are trying to change something, anything for good. And in my personal life, um, I'm a single mom. I was a young widow, uh, unexpectedly became a widow and had to kind of adapt how I approached the concept of family in my own life. Um, and I just, you know, love anyone who wants to talk about change, resiliency, joy, uh, you know, and meeting life where it's at, not always where we expect it to be. Oh, well, you are in the right place. I think that's <laughs> a perfect segue into my next question. What does empowerment mean to you? You know, to me, empowerment is really owning our own path. Uh, having personal accountability for who we want to be, how we want to show up, and, you know, not letting everything that happens along the way block our path. So empowerment to me is moving through, right, those difficult moments and embracing change. My inner child that wants to have a little bit of a tantrum. <laughs> Because she is one of these kids that doesn't like change. And yeah. she, 
She wants certainty and she wants to know if there's a plan, things are going to go according to the plan. You know, my inner big girl knows that's not the way life happens. And I don't know if there's anyone else out there who's just like, I don't want change to happen. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, They feel like we don't want change to happen to us. If we're seeking it, if we're welcoming Mm. it, if we're moving in that direction, change isn't as scary. But I think when change happens to us, it brings up what I think a lot of us grapple with, which is that we're actually not in control. Mm -hmm. We are responding and adapting to the world as it unfolds. And that's a little bit counter, right, to us wanting to believe that we are actually in control of everything. Mm-hmm. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I know you're getting a little notification on your computer, right? I'm turning all my notifications <laughs> off. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is where we come to this, like expectations like how do we manage our expectations about the future um we we can never know what the future holds and yet we uh as mothers as well I'll just speak for myself I like to plan so I like to know what's going to happen I like to you know plan out the shopping list before I go to the grocery store I like you know I like to plan yeah. the the trip before we you know get on the plane um can you talk a little bit about how resiliency and planning either go together or are oil and water and don't go together yeah no I think that's a great point there's nothing wrong with planning right you can think of you can use the pareto principle which is kind of that 80 20 rule think of it as as have a plan, have 80% of your plan the way you want it. As you're projecting your vision, as you're planning your family's life and your own life and your sisterhood life, have an 80% plan, but then be willing to adapt when something comes up because something will come up. Uh, You can still hold on to your intent and adapt a little bit, adjust it a little bit. Um, so that's that's how I do it, you know, because there's there is nothing wrong with a plan. I have to do a lot of planning in my work life. And therefore I tend to resist it, Isabel, in my personal mm. life because I'm so yeah. sick of it by the time I'm done planning at work. But yeah, think of that 80-20 rule and allow yourself some space mm-hmm. to adapt a little bit. Yeah. So I just want us to like tune into our listeners too and have them tune into themselves about like what's your inner culture? Uh, That's going to be one of my next questions is about managing uh, the culture and and influencing the culture outside of us. But I feel like this is a conversation geared towards what's happening on the inside. Like what are the words we're saying to ourselves? What what are the cognitive distortions we have about, you know, what we like, what we don't like, whether something's fair or not fair. Yeah, we often have our our preconceived notion of ourself. Mm-hmm. And often a lot of us have come from difficulties in childhood, um, whether it was in our own internal family unit or in the social circles we were operating within. And we do need to discern between our own inner voice and what's innately in us mm-hmm. versus messages we've heard, behaviors we've learned from uh, the people that we're interacting with. And sometimes we develop coping mechanisms 
to get through all of those moments that aren't really naturally the way we would normally operate, right? So it does take some reflection to to discern the difference between the two and be able to hear those voices in your own head. Whose voice is that? And where is my voice? You know, I personally find meditation as a great tool to be able to calm my mind down. Mm -hmm. I'm a Gemini monkey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you look at astrology for fun, you know, uh, which means very active mind, very quick thinker. And I really have to slow myself down to be able to hear those voices and discern who's talking. Okay, so meditation is one of the tools you use. Are there any other tools that you use? Around monkey-mindedness? I do. You know, um, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm trying to help a friend who's feeling overwhelmed, um, I use a three-question rule. You may have encountered it before in your travels. And the first question, and it really gets to that part of you can't be resilient and adapt until you've accepted what's happening. Mm -hmm. And often accepting what's happening, you have to deal with feelings, Mm. nothing more than feelings, you know, (laughs) feelings can be very inconvenient sometimes. Mm -hmm. So to me, to get to that resiliency part, you have to back it up and get to acceptance. And for me to get to acceptance, I have to acknowledge whatever it is I'm feeling. So the three questions I use, Isabel, are number one, what am I actually feeling? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It is for some of us who are more analytical-driven brains who like to achieve a lot, always on the go, just stopping to find out what am I actually feeling? And not what I'm doing, not what I'm thinking, but what am I feeling? Starting there, I get an answer to that. Then I think, what do I need? My Mm. second question is, based on how I'm feeling, what is it that I need right now to take care of myself? to take care of my sisters, to take care of my family. Um, But you can't do any of those others until you're taking care of yourself. So what do I need is the second question. And then I pause you here. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about what what that word means to you? Need. Need. (laughs) Well, a need is a little different than desire, right? Mm -hmm. We... The whole cosmos operates from the principle of desire. We're all seeking our desire, and we do have a tendency to seek pleasure over pain. Mm -hmm. That's desire, right? That's ever-present, always with us. A need is more, this is a pressing issue that needs to be dealt with right now. It has priority. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be one of our basic needs as a human being. Hmm. belonging, acceptance, you know, shelter, food, love, those kinds of things. But a need is really more the priority for me. It's a must have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find too that um, my feelings and my needs are integrated too. They have something to do with one another, especially the feeling of anger. So I find if I'm feeling angry, it's often an indication that my needs, which like you said, are the priorities are not being met. Right. And so they have this like looping. I see this looping visual between what am I feeling and what do I need? What do I need? 
And, and then the third question you can ask yourself is what's, what support am I going to ask for? Mm. Who else can help me? (laughs) You know, sometimes it's part of that need that you've identified. Um, You know, I'm feeling hungry. I need to eat lunch. But sometimes it's more than that, right? Sometimes it's I'm hungry and I need to eat lunch and I need to eat lunch with my friend Katie, right? Because I need more than biological food. I need soul food. Mm. (laughs) So uh, what am I feeling? What do I need? What support do I need to ask for? That's so good. So we're going to have those questions in the show notes. If you want to review them, I just wrote them down. These are so powerful. Um, I want to go down the support track. When it comes to culture, how do we create or cultivate a culture where we support one another, specifically in our relationships with other women, when maybe the current culture is one of competitiveness or um, jealousy? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, right? That we're all dealing with. And I think over the past couple of years, at least in the US, maybe even globally, people are having a hard time even having dialogue. Mm-hmm. that allows the space to connect. So when I think of, you know, the sisterhood and our girlfriends and supporting each other as women, um, I think that there's been a lot of divides that have been set up that are artificial. So I think the, the first step in really working on that is kind of stripping it back a little bit to our our basic humanity. You know, wherever you are on the ge- gender spectrum and however mm-hmm. it is you define womanhood even, Um, that we're in this together and we have something to share with each other. And we're basically, despite our beautiful diversity, we often will have similar experiences, similar feelings, similar challenges. So for me, I think it's really looking for what do I have in common Um, and focusing on our commonalities, Mm -hmm. not focusing on all of the things that may divide us, but what we share. You know, everybody wants to be heard, to be cared for. You know, everybody wants to contribute something in the world. You know, so how are we supporting that with each other? I think we have to look for those commonalities. Yeah, what's coming up for me is that often when I am pointing my finger at whether it's a family member or a child or a partner, you know, I've heard the saying, when you point one finger out, there's four, three fingers pointing back at you. And I'm often criticizing someone else for the exact thing that I'm doing, but I'm projecting it onto them. Right. Yeah. So I'm deflecting it. Right. Or sometimes even encountering jealousy, you know, among women, like mm-hmm. when you see someone and they have something you think that you don't have, again, it's pointing back at your own insecurities of where are you feeling lacking? And uh, I like to avoid the comparisons in general because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really just not that useful to growth. You know, what's more interesting to me is how are you feeling on the inside? And Mm. uh, part of my coaching work in the world, yes, we want to listen to other people's opinions, but you know, who knows you better than you? Yes. (laughs) We've got to listen to that inner voice. It's just sometimes we have to shut out some of that noise that's in the way, um, which is where, you know, meditation or prayer 
or silent walking, you know, whatever it is, however it can show up for you in your life. Um, I think that can really help you get centered. Yeah. And then I wonder if it goes in the opposite direction. So when I'm centered, do I see my loved ones through that lens? And then can I project that onto them? So can I project onto them that they're coming from a good place because I'm coming from a good place? And can I, you know, project onto them that we all are part of the same human family rather than different? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're proving now in, um, in fascinating fields of physics that we actually do our energy impacts other energy and it makes sense, right? There are all these cycles in the world, the water cycle, the nitrogen cycle, everything moves in circles. Mm. (laughs) So we are biologically kind of, you know, water bags filled with electricity. Mm So why wouldn't our energy affect those around us, right? If we're bringing that kind of centeredness and that kind of focus and that kind of, if we're taking care of ourselves, Mm. we're in much more grounded territory to be able to be more responsive in the world, to share that kind of grounded energy with others, right? Because energy circulates. Mm -hmm. So that's how I think of it, you know, is we're all energy and we are affecting the energy around us. Yeah. It it goes back to, you know, how you look at empowerment, right? It's like, and how I look at empowerment as an inside job. It's like, if I hold my power, then it comes from me, not the other way around. It's not coming from other people. My energy and empowerment is in inside of me. Exactly, exactly. And that's why those, uh, you know, it's like Weebles. And uh, You're younger than I am, but Weebles was a toy when I was a kid. And the commercial was Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And they were these little toys and they had little round bottoms and you could kind of knock them around a little bit as you played with them. And they would, you know, they would accept the energy, you know, kind of like some martial arts, they would accept the energy and redirect the energy, but they didn't fall down, right? So the weeble, (laughs) this is bizarre analogy, never thought this would come up in this interview. But yeah, kind of be like a weeble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the work that it takes to come from that weebly place, not not the other place. It does take some work to do that, right? Um, Buddhists are really good at it. Uh, I'm not a Buddhist, but I love a lot of Buddhists. But I think a lot of those principles that they use are very real, right? There's there's proof that these there are techniques and skills we can learn to help us get more grounded, to help us come from more of that place of love you know, when we are connecting with other people. And then that's what resiliency is, right? Resiliency is being able to bounce back up. Yes. Resiliency is definitely being able to shift in some way, you know, that maybe you hadn't planned to do, you know, Um, being resilient. Again, sometimes you have to move through some uncomfortable places, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, those feelings that you have to acknowledge help you do those things as well. Um, But I think we all have to support each other to get there together. You know, you can follow your inner path. I can follow my inner path. But then what happens when our paths are together? Mm. And how do we expound this energy in the world, you know, beyond just ourselves, beyond just two people connecting in relationship, 
you know, really growing that. And I think that's where it comes back to this idea of culture, right? Mm -hmm. Culture, whether it's at work or in your personal life, culture is co-created, right? It's a thousand tiny touch points of what it feels like to live in this country, to work at this place, to be in this family. We're creating that culture together through our dynamics, through our rituals, you know, how we celebrate, how we deal with conflict, all of those things kind of make up our culture. And so you're not in this alone. <laughs> you know, we're we're creating that culture together. And I think that's when I dealt with what happened in my own family and thought about intentionally creating a culture in my family that I wanted to be part of. Mm-hmm. I worked with two other main, you know, several people, but two big main people in my life to help co-create that, Mm -hmm. right? One was my mother-in-law and one was my son. You know, Mm -hmm. they had opinions too about what our family culture was going to be. I had ideas and we, we took some of what everybody wanted to do. We created that together. And so, you know, that's, I think the thing that I really wanted to help convey today with you and all of your listeners is we're not really in control of everything out there, but we can craft it, right? We can intentionally create more joy and find more pockets of hope and happiness and love and joy if we if we can do that together. It just makes it so much richer. So for that woman out there who is not in joy who is not feeling supported, how can she kind of step towards that, um, like reculturing her life when it's like, but there's so many gaps. Yeah. Well, I think the the most important thing is there is some kind of need pressing right now for that person. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is you've Mm -hmm. got to take care of making sure you're safe. You're, um, you're taking care of your biological needs that you're, table stakes, if you will, mm-hmm. is taken care of. So if you're in danger, if you're in a toxic situation, you need to take care of that safety, those factors first. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely essential. And if there's something out of balance there, I believe that's where your focus should be to get to a place where you're safe enough to be able to think more broadly, right? Um, and then when you are in that place where those basic safety needs have been taken care of, Um, I think of it always as kind of two sides. Again, I'm a Gemini. So Mm -hmm. I would think first of what's something, what's one tiny thing you can do today Mm -hmm. to better take care of yourself. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be something on your to-do list. It could be taking a hot bath. Mm -hmm. It could be rubbing your own feet while you watch a silly show. Whatever it is, something Mm -hmm. that is achievable that you can do to take care of yourself right now. Um, And then I would, again, look externally. Um, How can I, again, take one step toward happiness or joy by reaching out to someone else? Mm -hmm. Who would that be? What do you want to reach out for? Um, Or even is there a new connection that you want to make with someone that maybe you don't know that well yet? Um, I think a lot of us have gotten very isolated Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. And I think we need to start reaching out more, ask for help, 
uh, give something to someone else. That always makes us feel better. Um, but participate. Don't go it alone. Mm-hmm. And can you just talk a little bit about the vulnerability and the bravery that it takes to ask for support um, mm-hmm. when you don't have it? Yeah, when you don't have it. Yeah, not everybody's going to say yes. Um, but it does take a little bit of bravery. It takes a little bit of belief that you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this amazing podcast out there. I think it's called like a seven minute love jump or something. It's this amazing tune. And he basically, this guy goes on for like seven minutes of you're amazing. You're prolific. You're mm-hmm. awesome. You can receive joy. And it's just this really totally what I put on my, um, iTunes when I need to pump it up a little bit, but that concept, right. That I can receive joy. So you have to have a little bit of belief. What I would say is fake it till you make it. Even if you're not feeling super confident in making that request, try to just breathe for a few minutes and imagine and visualize that this is how I'm going to ask. This is how I will be received. And this is the potential gift that I could could receive. Just imagine some form of positive success when you make the ask and then give it a roll and see what happens. If you get the yes, fantastic. Love is beautiful. <laughs> if you get the no, receive that too. And then have somebody on your backup list. Ask another person because all that number two is going to say yes, right? So don't give up. Um, but yeah, visualizing that. I can receive that. I deserve that. Yes. Right. Yeah. This is feeling very meta for me right now, because when I requested you to come on this website, to be honest, it felt like a brave ask because we didn't know one another. We have a mutual friend and colleague in common who just raves about you so much um, and really put you on this pedestal. And so I actually went through this process myself around asking Meredy to come on this podcast. First, I had to really get clear that this is nerve wracking and this is scary and it's okay to feel that way. And it's also okay to do hard things because I can do hard things. Um, Well, you pronounced my name. That's the first first hard thing. I know exactly. (laughs) And then I don't know if I did this with you. I can't quite remember, but something I often do is just name that this is hard. So if I'm having a, if I'm, you know, calling my mom to have a conversation with her that I've been resisting, I'll start the conversation out by saying, by, you know, doing number one, not just what am I feeling, but naming that feeling to her. I'll say, mom, this is really hard for me to talk about because I'm afraid that you are going to reject me for some reason. And then maybe stating the need, I really need you to know that, um, whatever, you know, and I find that that makes it a little bit easier. I think we all have to be ready and willing to be foolish sometimes to play the fool. I'm Mm. actually wearing right now a pendant Mm. that is the fool pendant. Um, I think it's okay to have a totem or a stress rock, you know, or something that some people need to hold something tactily. Um, 
but that willingness to look foolish, be a little bit foolish, or be willing to expose yourself mm-hmm. in a nice way, uh, vulnerable mm-hmm. emotions exposure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being willing to do that, I think is, yeah, that is true courage, right? And it does involve a little bit of that. This might feel awkward as well. Not everyone has an outgoing personality and likes to acknowledge these things or ask for help. Um, I think experiencing it and doing it Mm. automatically reinforces it because most of the time people and the universe are so willing to open that door. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's helping ourselves get over that little hurdle of, I, I can do it, but don't expect it to feel like smooth sailing, right? It can feel uncomfortable in those moments. That's normal. Yeah, I just want to put a little plug here for the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood membership, because if you are looking for this kind of culture, then this is what we do in the membership is we create opportunities for vulnerability and we really celebrate it. And I know I've heard from so many women that we don't have this in our outside lives. But if you're looking for a culture and a community that values this, then you can check it out um, on isabelbridges.com. Yeah, Marity, I would love for us to close with how did you, I I know you said you kind of collaborated with your mother-in-law and your son. Yeah. But what what did you do? Like, can you like pull the curtain back even more? And like, what did you do? What was the culture that you were you were wanting to create? And then how did you do that? Yeah, it was um, it was difficult, right? Because I was um, I had an amazing husband, best friend, amazing. He was an amazing father. um, And it all came crashing down in an instant with a horrible accident and he was just gone. And so I think a lot of people expected me to, I I lived in California, but I'm from Oklahoma. A lot of people expected me to kind of give up and move back or, or just do this and marry again really quickly, or just everybody had all these expectations about what would happen to me in my life. And instead, I, I had a friend who pulled me aside one day um, after this accident. And she said, you know, because my son was 11 months old and she said, uh, Whatever you do going forward, she said, I was, she's told me she was raised by a single mom and I had never planned to be a single mom. That was not something I had planned for. And there's absolutely nothing against intentionally creating that in your life. It's just not something I envisioned. And so I really wasn't prepared for that. And she said, don't raise your son as if his arm is cut off, you know, so don't raise him with that victim mentality. And so I really, that moment with that sister, you know, that Mm. sisterhood really stuck with me and made me think about how am I going to show up now, you know, for this little baby and this, this young man and for my mother-in-law, this was her only son. So she was completely devastated and she, you know, didn't really want to move forward at all. Mm -hmm. So we intentionally, we talked about it. Um, We got support for our grief. And we helped each other. So she moved out here to California. Um, I em- embraced her and then pulled her into my life. Um, and then we I paid attention to my son and his needs as he grew and as, as he developed. Um, we're total opposites, my mother-in-law and I. 
<laughs> we get on each other's nerves a lot. <laughs> Very different personalities. Um, and I do feel like I've kind of cracked the code on the mother-in-law thing and it's humor, right? So even though we, we disagree all the time and uh, we get on each other's nerves, we are aware of that and we make it a joke. We use humor. You know, we're like, oh, there you go again, trying to plan my life. And I just want to, you know, live by the seat of my pants or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we'll acknowledge it and make it a joke. So we tried to bring that kind of levity, if you will, into my son's life as well. As he encountered difficulties or uh, where we saw he enjoyed activities, right? We tried to intentionally bring that into our new culture as a family, you know, where we're lovers of the underdog. So mm-hmm. we were, we're athletics fans, Oakland A's fans, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love an underdog. Um, we, we tried to find again, those places of commonality in our family culture that we could all kind of get on board with. And we tried to use seeking small pockets of joy as a way to endure kind of a very a horrible situation, really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Was, okay, I can enjoy this mug of tea right now and browsing in this bookstore. I can sit at the beach for 30 minutes while my son plays in the sand and appreciate that sunset. Like that's literally, for those people who are going through that grief cycle, sometimes that's all you really can do, right? But if you keep doing those tiny little pockets of joy, eventually they start to add up right? And you can start to see that that path you're creating and then live with more of that as your normal state of being, right? So it, it t- takes some time. But for me, I think that's partly why resiliency is connected to accepting your feelings, accepting what's happened, being willing to take a different path. And for me to take those that different path, it had to do with finding little tiny pockets of joy. In the right. present, not in, in the, the future and not in the memory of the past. Right now. Right. And still to this day, Isabel, when people ask, oh, you seem happy. It's that never resonates to me. It's like, I'm not, I wouldn't say that, but I'm present. <laughs> I'm content. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm present. I'm content. Um, I'm seeking joy. Right. Um, I try not to use these words of extreme. Mm-hmm. I try to kind of stick to the middle now. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, that's kind of how I think about it. I love it. Okay, I want to I want us all to continue to think about it um, through this next question. What does what is the next empowering action you'd like to invite our listeners to take? Well, if you're encountering difficulty, I would say try to find the humor in the situation <laughs> to move through it. Um, and other than that, I think just be willing to to try something new. You know, get outside your own rituals and your own regular routine and do something that's a little unexpected for you today. So Surprise this yourself. this is going to air in later January. So checking in with yourself around these New Year's resolutions and whether or not you've upheld them, kind of let yourself have some humor around them and not expect yourselves to be perfect because you're not. 
you're not, guess what? Have some fun with it. You know, do something a little unexpected, a little joyful. Find a little moment of joy today. So good. Okay, Meredy, thank you so much for being here with us. And I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.